All right. Well, it is January 5th, and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful New Year's and your year is off to a strong start. This is the first future-focused weekly update of 2024, and I've had a lot of things on my mind with the time off. So today I thought I'd talk through three of the biggest ones for me as I go through this. And uh, again, I would encourage you to share your comments Along the way, I'm also curious perspectives. And for anybody who listens to this and has other topics that goes, I'd be really curious what Christopher thinks about this. Please feel free to DM them to me, comment wherever you want to share them with me, and I will add them to the queue. But the three things at the top of my mind for this week that I've been spending some time thinking about, one is the potential balance between AI's job loss and AI's job creation. I also want to talk quantum computing, which if this is a foreign concept to you, well, it'll be kind of an introduction to it and I won't go too deep. And then the third one is the power crisis being created by technology and the advancement of AI. So with that, let's start with kind of what's bouncing around in my head right now around AI job loss and creation. And this isn't, I don't know that I've encountered anybody recently who is not at least thinking about, worrying about, talking about what's going on with AI and jobs. And it was especially hit home for me because really coming into the end of the year, I saw so many layoffs, which I talked about two weeks ago uh, in, um, in the weekly update. But I just saw so many layoffs coming into the end of the year. And I've read a number of different reports. There is a lot of reports talking about just significant job displacement. I see other ones talking about new job growth. The scales tend to be balancing that the growth is going to outpace the uh, you know w- replacement. But honestly, I jury's still out for me in a lot of this, and there's a lot of conflicting reports. One of the interesting things, though, that I keep hearing, and I'm curious if anybody else who's having conversations with other senior business leaders has seen this, there seems to be something magical that everyone is planning on the end of this summer. So as I'm looking into planning for 2024, the number of people I'm in conversations with where they say, well, end of July, August, something about that time frame. There seems to be just this, and maybe I just am not in the know on this. I'm not sure, but there's something magical. I'm actually going to be really watching closely to see how some of these things come together. And as organizations are kind of strategizing, the number of companies I talk to who say that they're they're holding tight, they're a little close to the vest, but they plan on things opening up come end of summer. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the job loss and creation as we go into another year of disruption. Now, if I was looking at a research report I don't, I don't know if it's researchers. I get some people get really, really particular about this. So I was reading a s- information somewhere, a reliable source, it seemed, that was talking about displacement and what that looks like. And in 2023, at the end of the year, the roughly 37% of senior execs that were surveyed acknowledged that there was some displacement as a result of directly as a result of the disruption coming from AI, which contributed to what I believe is a lot of the job loss we saw at the end of the year. The unfortunate part is that the projections and when people were asked about 2024, the number of people that plan are already anticipating reducing jobs because of AI was 44%. So people said, well, 30%, 37 said, yeah, we already did. 44% said we're planning on it. 
And when I look at some of the reports out there on where that's going to hit, white collar jobs are potentially one of the biggest targets for AI disruption. And there still continues to be a lot of uncertainty. Now, granted, I don't know how much has changed in two weeks. I've been a little bit more disconnected with the holidays, but honestly, I've been following this pretty closely. And a lot of the estimates I'm seeing are anywhere between 29 and 45% of the work white collar jobs are doing will be replaced or significantly augmented by AI. So that's another year of disruption. So I am very, staying very close to this in 2024 and watching to see where are we going to see new job growth? Where are we going to see things? I think as I think about this, you know, what does this all mean? I think for leaders, I would just really encourage leaders who may be in that camp going, we're already anticipating displacing jobs in 2024. Be really cautious and discerning about how you're doing this. I already have had conversations coming into the close of the year with leaders who are quick to jump on this in 23 and are now trying to reverse engineer out of this because they displaced jobs because they thought AI could do something. And then they didn't really realize the amount of work or how intertwined the human component was with the mechanical component and are now having to backtrack and go, shoot, I guess we do need people, but we might need different skills or we might need different talent sets. So for leaders, make sure you're working closely with your teams on how AI can augment and have open dialogue about where can that happen? I think we need more leaders. And I get it. The higher up you move, the more disconnected you are from work. And that's an unfortunate challenge is a lot of times the people making decisions about where this stuff is going to hit aren't the ones who are really close to it. And I've been there myself. It's not easy. And so I won't pretend there's just like an easy solution of, well, this is how it should play out. But I think for leaders, we need to have more of these open dialogues around, hey, where can we optimize? Where can we do this? And what are people really doing that's unique? And I think for people, we need to be willing to be a little more open and transparent. There is a tendency to want to hold tightly to, I don't want people to know what I'm doing because then I'm at risk. And that I have seen over the last few months. And actually I was just reading an article yesterday about this. That can really backfire because if nobody knows what you're doing, then people are making assumptions about what you're doing. And we all know the saying about assumptions. It's not a good place to be. You don't want people assuming they know what you do because chances are they're going to get it all wrong. And that's where you're going to end up in situations where people make decisions that, hey, maybe we just outsource this to AI or maybe we automate it with this or we send the job overseas type of a thing. So I think we're going to experience another year of 2024 of a lot of uncertainty. And I think for people in general, this is why I continue pounding the drum that you need to figure out where AI can be proactive in this, figure out where AI can come in, augment, even replace some of the work you're doing today, but also be proactively thinking about what it is you could be doing instead. So that as this AI job disruption continues to rise, because we only saw the surface of this in 2023. Now, maybe I'll eat my words, in 2024? I don't think so. Not based on what I'm reading, not based on the conversations I'm having. But we have an opportunity, we all, you all listening to this, and myself have an opportunity to get in front of it. And we can either 
react to it or we can be proactive in what we do about it. And I can just say from experience, being proactive always ends up being a thousand times better. So really interested to see what happens for those who may be in a decision point. I'd love to hear from you, you know, how you're thinking about it. Um, I'd actually be really curious to hear too, from people who may have been directly impacted, um, and things like that. And how, what that experience was like, and, you know, is your company regretting it now? I talked to someone recently that, that was let go because their company thought AI could eliminate their job. And then they got a call back because they realized it wasn't working too well. So I think 2024, we're going to see even more of that. I think people were a little hesitant in 2023 to go out on that limb. I think 2024, we're going to see some more. So interesting times will be interesting to watch. The next one is quantum computing. I've been following this for a while and you may, you know, depending on who you are in my audience, you may be going quantum computing. What? Now, if you're not familiar with this, I'm going to give you just the baseline version. So if you're a total tech nerd and you are completely offended by the way I'm describing it, please reach out and clarify or correct me on any of this. I will likely be trying to find some guests who are closer to the quantum computing space because I am very fascinated with this and where this can go. But in short, the shortest version is if you know tech, you know it typically works on bits ones and zero states. Quantum computing works in qubits. And the biggest difference that I'll describe is in typical computing, a bit can be either a one or a zero. In quantum computing, a qubit can be a one and a zero simultaneously. Now you might think, who cares? What's the big deal with that? Well, essentially what this does is it allows just exponential processing power from the same thing. So this would just completely accelerate some of the techno technological advancements we've seen in the past years. And there are a lot of predictions. And this is the one of the ones I'm really following because it's going to be interesting to see how this, if we thought AI did some crazy stuff in 2023, if quantum computing hits in 2024, hang on tight. Um, and there are a lot of predictions that quantum computing is going to be ready for the main stage in 2024. Now, what does that mean in practice for those of you who may be listening to this going, what yet another big transformational change may not be as tangible consumer grade as generative. Well, it won't be as consumer and tangible and consumer grade as generative AI was. Your iPhone's not suddenly going to start the 2024 iPhone is not going to come out with like, hey, with a quantum processor in it. It's not going to be anything like that. But this exponential increase in processing power, processing power right now in many ways is a huge bottleneck to the possibilities of AI. It's a huge bottleneck to very complex things that require extremely complex computing. So think of like pharmaceuticals. And you hear about pharmaceuticals and you hear, how, why, why does it take so long for us to get there? Well, the time it takes to break all this molecular information down and figure out how all this stuff works on a molecular level, then actually create it, reconstruct it, test it, all these other things. Quantum computing could potentially, in that instance, really tighten up that timeline. Because in many ways, the way computing works today is a huge bottleneck. But if you think about this, AI 
requires tremendous processing power. So put two and two together there and think about how powerful AI is today on standard computing. Now imagine you put quantum processors, quantum processing power behind artificial intelligence. The kind of thoroughput that opens up, the aperture that opens is pretty incredible when you actually start going down the rabbit hole. Now, many of you listening may not have an interest in it like I do and may not be interested. So I'll keep it at more the high level of like, so what could this all mean? What it could mean is a lot of the technological advancements we're seeing could really open up. And some of the things we're seeing with AI could really accelerate in terms of you know how fast it would be able to do this. And um, you know, again, pharmaceuticals, might we see the pharmaceutical process of being able to figure out, hey, how do we make a compound that can target, bio-target this kind of cancer? How can we make a compound that can target this kind of virus? We may be able to see those timeframes dramatically compressed. Same thing with chemical processing. You know, Creating new chemical compounds takes a lot, a lot of math, a lot of computing power to be able to pull these complex things apart and reconstruct them in different ways to simulate what happens if we do all that. Simulation is a huge part of this. When you think about this, being able to deconstruct and reconstruct, making minor tweaks to see and then run that through and go, how does this play out? Well, that takes a lot of computing power. And current standard computing throttles that back a lot. So some of the things we saw in 2023 where people were saying, hey, maybe we might want to slow down a little bit while we figure some of these things out. If quantum computing opens up in 2024, I personally think this is going to be one of those areas that we really need to watch closely and say, hey, we thought we were maybe moving a little too fast in 2023 before we really knew what we were doing. Quantum computing opens up a new degree of risk for that. And that's why I'm watching it so closely. But again, some really incredible things could come out of this. Like I said, pharma, chemicals, finance, the way to do financial modeling and process these kinds of things could be huge. Even business optimization. If you listened to last week's weekly update, I talked about the rise of digital simula or digital twinning, which go back and listen to it if you want the explanation. I won't go through it again. Go back and listen to last week's. But essentially, with the rise of digital twinning and the ability to simulate real environments and then run experiments and tests and see what kind of impact does this have, again, standard computing, bottleneck for how much, how fast you're able to do that, quantum computing suddenly opens up new possibilities. So this could be a really exciting, also potentially a really terrifying uh, new advancement for 2024. And again, could open up a whole new level of possibilities of disruption around technology in 2024. So again, it's still a lot of things are, you know, depending on who you talk to, some say we are nowhere near main stage for 2024. Others are saying, yeah, it's going to hit this year. So for me coming into 2024, I'm watching this one closely and I will keep folks up to date as I stay on because maybe none of you have an interest in actually staying that close to it, but you are at least curious what this could mean. So finally, keeping it brief and to the point, all of this advancement around AI and quantum computing and all of this stuff, one of the things that I am 
I don't want to say, well, maybe I will say concerned, but one of the things I would just say I'm watching closely that a lot of people are not thinking about is the power crisis that this rapid advancement in processing and computing power has on the planet and just our own power infrastructure. So when you really think about this, I think it's so easy to think, yeah, like our devices, they just exist and they work, but we don't think about what goes into actually powering and making this thing happen. And if I'm trying to remember where I read it, but currently one to one and a half percent of all of the global electricity. So all basically, well, you, you can figure that part out, but one and a half, one to one and a half percent today of all global electricity is just going to data centers. Now, data centers is very broad, could be used for, you know, AWS, Azure, things like that, but also these data centers that are running these massive AI models. So one to one to 0.5% today, just to break this down, because globally that could sound pretty small, but at Google, AI alone, just AI processing power consumes 10 to 15% of Google's annual electricity. So all of the electricity that Google consumes in a year, 10 to 15% of it is already going just to artificial intelligence, which just so to give some additional kind of context to this, that's two times more than all of San Francisco consumes in a year. So when you start thinking about it on those levels, and then you now stack quantum computing on top of this, and just the continued advancement of AI, this raises concern of, well, where's that power going to come from? And how are we going to do this in a way that does not completely annihilate the planet where we have to literally burn everything up to be able to power the things we're creating? Now, again, I'm not trying to be doomsday on this, but this is something that I'm watching very closely because I'm curious how we're going to adjust. Never mind just the power piece. If you follow the CEO of NVIDIA, one of the things that he's keeping him up at night is the actual chip production, the silicon that's required to produce all these chips that power all this stuff. And at, at some point, we're going to use it up. So what are we going to do about that? And how do we manage that? But to me, the energy is the one that I wanted to focus on today. Um, and just for people to be thinking about. And, you know, why are we seeing so much news? Why are we seeing so many things around power and clean energy? And what does this all mean? And why is it so important? It's because all this technology that we're becoming so dependent on requires a lot of it. And so as we come into 2024, some of the things that are really close to mind for me is I'm really watching what's going on with clean energy during my time at GE, I got to know a lot of the folks in the GE Renewables division, and it was very fascinating to see some of the advancements we've made in solar and wind uh, and water. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we're looking at collecting energy that don't require us to just burn massive amounts of coal or create thousands of tons of nuclear waste. Uh, so again, we we got to figure this one out. We really do. And it's going to be interesting to see how we come around to this. One of the things, though, optimistically, if you have not been following any of this stuff, take a look at what's going on with Fusion. I am extremely encouraged 
by what's happening with fusion and where fusion is going. And the fact that there is similar to quantum computing, there is a legit possibility that in 2024, we could see fusion become ready for main, main stage. That would be a huge advancement. For those of you who don't know anything about fusion, it's, I don't know that I would describe it necessarily as the opposite of fission. Fission, if and I may be getting these backwards, but I believe if I'm remembering correctly, I always get the two mixed up. Fission is ripping atoms apart. Fusion is smashing them together. Fission is nuclear power play. It's what we think of when we think of nuclear power. Ripping these things apart gives off a lot of energy, also creates a ton of nuclear horrible waste that causes all sorts of problems for things. Fission, on the other hand, smashing things together creates even more energy but it's clean. It doesn't have radiation. It doesn't have waste, just generates massive amounts of power. The problem that we've historically had is the amount of energy you had to put into fusion was always more than you ended up getting out of it. So it's not like we never could do a fusion reaction before. It was just, we took, put, took so much energy. It was like, well, this is actually a net negative. Like, yeah, we made it happen, but we ended up losing energy in the process. We've now gotten to a point where we figured out how to get more out of the reaction than we have to put in, which again, are we there yet? No. Are you going to see a fission power plant put in your backyard you know, anytime soon? No. But is this a true viability in 2024? Maybe. And I'm watching that closely and extremely optimistic because this could be a fantastic clean solution to how we deal with some of the energy challenges we're going to be faced with the continued rise of AI quantum computing and all of that. Um, the other thing too is, you know, maybe quantum computing will bring with it some significant efficiency gains out of standard computing that will help with this. I, I still am just getting my arms around some of these things, but those are the things that as I finish up the first week of January are bouncing around in my head that I'm watching closely. So hopefully you found that helpful. Hopefully it maybe brought you into something you maybe were less aware of than you were before you listened to this. And uh, yeah, feel free to send things along. Hopefully you found this valuable. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you on the other side.